1: are listening to The Economist Asks, I'm Anne McElvoy, and this week we're asking, what can the European Union learn from Brexit? My guest here at the Global Skills and Education Forum is Matteo Renzi, the former Prime Minister of Italy and author of Another Road, Ideas for an Italy of Tomorrow. He's no stranger to the rough and tumble of European politics and cut a bold swathe through it as the youngest Prime Minister in Italy's history when he came to power in 2014. Mr. Renzi was known as the scrapper for his robust intention to take on the Italian political establishment. But in 2016, he lost power after a failed constitutional referendum. Since last summer, his country has been governed by the five-star alliance of new-wave populists and the ultra-conservative Northern League. That's a long way from the Renzi centrist recipe. But he's also been critical of institutional Europe's approach to Italy's economic difficulties, and its general reluctance to reform. What might culture and education do in playing a role here, making the political process in Italy and beyond work better for the common good? Matteo Renzi, welcome to The Economist Asks here in Dubai.
0: Good on to everyone.
1: You've said that Europe is sinking in the red tape of bureaucracy. This is holding it back in finding a solution good for future generations. What do you mean?
0: I believe in Europe. I think Europe um, was one of the great uh, result of international politics, is one of the great hope for international order, and will be a great dream for the generation of my son, of my daughter. But I know Europe risks a lot. We have a lot of problem uh, today. We have the first problem, of course, is Brexit. Nobody understand what happened, but there is a problem for the next years. What is now Europe? Europe is clear. Europe uh, was the place of peace. My grandfather went to France to, to make the war. My son will uh, go to Paris to make Erasmus. Today, Europe is a 7% of population, 25% of GDP, and 49% of welfare state around the world. But a lot of European leaders, a lot of European politicians lost a lot of opportunities with the discussion, focused on the red tape of bureaucracy, focused only about uh, uh, rules, laws, and not about soul, about dream, about ideal. This is the question. For me, Europe is great if we come back to a great idea ...of a uh, uh, vision and not only about today's division.
1: But let's dig into that then. I mean, on one point you've said, I think, in the past... ...that populists may be able to beat traditional parties once... ...but eventually reality will beat the populists. That sounded very upbeat. And yet one could say that the trend is running against you across Europe... ...whether it's populism in Italy or whether it's disruptions... ...whether or not one calls them populism like Brexit... Are
0: we gonna have a long wait for your prediction to come true? Populism means a lot of things. Populism is Trump, populism is Italian government. If we discuss about uh, single policies, it's impossible for us to describe the same populism between Trump and Italian government. For taxation, for example, Trump reduced taxation, Italian government increased taxation around the world. A lot of examples, Morales in Bolivia is populist and uh, he permits drug presence in uh, Bolivia. And uh, the president of the Philippines, Duterte, is populist, is, he uh, proposed the that for the people who use drugs. Bolsonaro and Maduro are populist, but totally different, so in other words. What is populism for me? First, is the fear about the future. The message is that in the future will be worse than today. And this is a very strong message for young generation. Example, education, don't study because the disruption in the internet of things, in the digital revolution will destroy jobs. And so we will have a world dominated from robots. This is false. This is a stupid thing, okay, yeah, we will have a great digital revolution in front of us. But in every period of the history of the man and of the woman, in every period, after a revolution we will have a new modality of create jobs. And the point is that populism play a very important role on the fear. The real challenge for the older people is give a different vision an alternative narrative and this is the problem of europe of today because we are not able to offer that
1: and why do you think that is i'm thinking about your center left political camp in institutional Europe, with the new European Parliament about to be uh, voted on shortly, it really has been in retreat. You've said yourself liberal leaders found themselves sitting in a kind of hecatomb. So something has gone wrong that is not just to be blamed on the populists for doing it differently or better or worse. What
0: has gone wrong? I think populism won in a lot of countries also for international wave. And Brexit maybe was the first step of this wave. And wave uh, starting from uh, UK in a referendum, continued with uh, Trump victory in uh, USA, touched also Italy with the, our defeat in referendum. I joked this morning because I hate the referendum. I lost my job for referendum. And uh, I you found- You shouldn't have called it then. I found a club with David Cameron. David Cameron is the president. I'm the deputy president. But the difference is David decided to organize a referendum. For me, it was an obligation, constitutional obligation, so sorry. But I, I think that this wave of populism now, now show the problems. Let me be very clear. It's easy win an electoral campaign with a lie. But then reality show the check, show the bill. Do you remember the discussion about Brexit? Oh, with Brexit in the UK, we will have hospital very good. What is the link between Brexit and NHS? Brexit spoke about first, hospital, NHS, second, migration. Nothing about migration in the deal. And a lot of things. It's easy to win a referendum with a lie. Actually, it's not, can I, ju- I
1: must interrupt you, because actually we should come on to where we are now, but the Theresa May deal did intend to put migration at the heart of it. The question is that it doesn't appear to be about to prevail. So what have we learned, as well as your thesis, that uh, those that you don't agree with uh, don't conduct what you see as truthful campaigns, but what have you learned from it?
0: Migration is, the, again, a question about fear, because... Uh, Nobody could believe in the idea we block migration because we block 50 people, 10, uh, 100 people, 1000 people when Africa will have in the next 25 years the double of citizens of today. Nigeria, there was here the former president of Nigeria will become in the next 25 years the third country on the world in terms of population after China and India. So. Really, we think the question of migration is about 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people in our uh, streets? No. And let me be very clear. The problem about security cannot close in the problem of migration. Because Jiadi John grew up in the school of UK Gia Dijon was the killer of ISIS, do you remember? Who uh, used uh, a very professional camera to show the killing mm. in Syria. And uh, he grew up in UK, not in Syria. Killer of Bataclan grew up in Brussels, in Molenbeek-Banlier, not in uh, Syria of Afghanistan. The question is that we have a great emergency in education, More than in migration. Theresa May and other leaders also in my country use migration only because it's easy to use the fear. But we know consistently
1: that populations want some kind of management about migration and that leaders who fall foul of that tend to fall foul of their populations. Would it not be better for liberals like yourself to acknowledge that rather than simply taking the argument very broad and saying it's all about fear-mongering?
0: I know there is a problem, I know there is the, the, the limit. I discussed with a lot of uh, leaders around the world, first of all, with the President Obama, he told me, ah, Matteo, you cannot accept everyone. But I was prime minister during a crisis of migration, and I tried to save every man, every woman, every child in the sea, because first of all came the life, and then came the polls the election, and the rate of uh, consensus. This is the first. I try to save everyone. (laughs) Second point, the welcome. Okay, what is the strategy for Europe in the future, my view? Continue a battle between the UK and the wall of Orban, or we start finally a strategy in Africa? Today, London is the fourth or fifth Italian city. London? London, yeah. You can say, oh, this man is the, the geography. <laughs> yeah, in my government there are also people who don't know the geography, but it's not that. <laughs> this, this means in London the number of Italian are unbelievable. After Roma, Milano, Torino, Napoli, there is London. So we know how many important is migration. But the question today is invest in Africa. Because the only one who understands that today is Xi Jinping. My idea is stop with the stupid discussion in Europe and we have to open a new Marshall Plan for Africa as Europe, not only in the Chinese hands. This is my view.
1: And we'll stay on the Chinese hands. China, Italy, Belt and Road Initiative, I think some people inside the country have some concerns about the impact of that buddying up, if you like, between the Italian leadership and Xi Jinping through the Belt and Road Initiative. What's your view?
0: Italy and China share the great history of a friendship from Marco Polo to (laughs) Matteo Ricci. But today, Italy is not the market number one for China. The first partner for China today in Europe is Germany. And it's very important for export of Germany. Germany have a very great uh, commercial surplus. Germany doesn't respect the European rules about commercial surplus. This is a very important thing, but it's uh, too much economic. But I think it's, it's correct to have a relation with China. I think my government, our government, not my government, the, the, the Italian government... Uh, Whoops,
1: Freudian slip there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> is this a
0: comeback, Mr. Renzi? I try to stop. <laughs> um, but uh, I think uh, China and the uh, Italian government uh, work together, and this is correct. The more correct thing is an agreement between Europe and China. And for that, there is a problem of Italian position with this government, unfortunately. We made agreement with the Five Star Movement with the Yellow Vested, with Gilets Jaunes, and not with Macron. I think it's not a good idea. Exactly in the same days in which Yellow Vested tried to destroy Eliseu. And the reaction of Macron was uh, a
1: was, little- was it an extreme uh, reaction of Mr. Macron to recall the ambassador in a way to take that conflict over the support of this populist government that uh, succeeded yours, well, over a kind of row, really, over their support for gilet Was that wise? The,
0: the, the, the reaction of Macron was correct, because if you have a friend country who decided to went to Paris, not for meeting with a minister, but for meeting with the yellow-vested, it's the minimum to recall the ambassador. So I think it's correct. But my view is that in Italy, populist... We'll have crisis, not for the action of Macron or for the opposition, or for the, but for reality. The forecast for GDP in Italy today is 1% of growth, but the consensus is minus 0.2, not plus 1, but minus 0.2. This means in the next six months, we will have 20 billions to find, 20 billions. It's possible. So Italian government will have a lot of problem in the next months for economy. But I come back to uh, foreign policy. First, with China the only solution is an agreement between Europe and China, first. Second point, I hope in agreement between Trump and Xi Jinping because this will be very important for uh, global trade. Third, I think we have to work with China respecting the rules. This is the problem. But Silicon Road is a good initiative from uh, Xi Jinping. We have to offer an alternative as Europe.
1: I'd just like to uh, hear a little bit more from you on where you think Europe goes now, particularly given the unstable sands of Brexit on which much is pitched, not only in, in the UK, but its impact. As we're talking, we don't even know whether Theresa May as Prime Minister can survive these next few days and weeks. She had a bruising time with the EU Council. Her deal is in terrible trouble. How much is her fault and how much blame would you give the EU?
0: I think Brexit, it's an unbelievable defeat for uh, British politics. It's a surprise, eh? because I love uh, British politics. I consider British politics uh, the best around the world. I grew up with the the, the idea of uh, Churchill. From Churchill to Tony Blair, I loved the British politics. The organization of Brexit, I joke with my friends, It's similar to Italian politics, not to British politics. It's chaos. I don't
1: think you mean that as a compliment. I don't know. Maybe
0: it's a compliment. I don't know. I I I felt a home. What what now? Nobody understands. Okay, welcome to Rome. Uh, No, welcome to Westminster. And uh, uh, this is a problem. I think there is a great responsibility in the hands of uh, Teresa. Teresa made a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. Nobody could deny that. I think there is a greater responsibility also in the opposition side because Jeremy Corbyn wasn't at the level of the great challenge. Now the situation, there are two possibilities in my, in my, in my view. The first is a real new challenge in the parliament. Not easy, but if British member of parliament remember themselves, there are British and not Italian, maybe <laughs> they, can, they could uh, uh, achieve the miracle. The second is the second referendum. You a fan? No, I'm not a fan for referendum after I lost job. <laughs> That's my job. So I hate referendum. I think a referendum is a stupid thing. No, it's okay. <laughs> but jokes apart, I think uh, in the chaos, all oh, member of parliament of UK found the miracle with a new challenge. And I think the only way could be also maintain UK in EU or a referendum. Please, let me be frank with you. The question about a referendum was very clear. Will be easy, leave EU. And when some of, of us ask the question about, what do you think about uh, Irish border? Irish border, technicalities. What is about uh, single market technicalities? No, I repeat, you can't win a referendum, but we lost the challenge with the reality. And this is true also for our referendum, because today, populists in Italy Uh, come back to resection.
1: I did also ask you about the EU, and I know that you've been a very strong proponent of EU reform answer on Brexit but do go beyond this Europe in which you grew up politically, which you've also played a great role there in terms of of European politics. It was governed really in recent years by Angela Merkel and then uh, by later with President Macron sort of coming on as the the other pole of that. Who has more power now?
0: Macron. For me the powerful leader today is uh, Macron despite the internal problem in uh, France, but I think Emmanuel is the leader for a lot of reasons. First, for the organization of institutions in France. He is the only one with three years in front of him. The French system is similar to Kingdom, five years of uh, real power. Angela, is weaker respect to the past and particular respect to 2014 and uh, unfortunately it's uh, true
1: should she go and leave she... the field to Anagrace Kamba or whoever her successor
0: may be I don't know. I don't know. I think, Angela, it's impossible to... Uh, Angela, I, I fought against her and I worked with her for a lot of years and uh, I have a great respect and also a great debate and a great discussion and a great litigation with her. So, five years ago, she won everything. She won also the World Cup, but this is not uh, her responsibility. She won in every election. She came from an unbelievable uh, record of success. Now she's in trouble. If I can give advice... I suggest to serve European Union in the next five years because uh, EU deserve great leader and Angela absolutely is a great leader. In the council, in the commission, I don't know. She denied this possibility for the moment. We will see also for the future. But Angela is absolutely weak. Spain is in trouble for election. Italy and Poland is in the hands of populists. UK is um, inside Brexit, inside the EU, uh, out, uh, is in the tunnel, is uh, staying in the tunnel of Brexit. The real leader today is Macron, and despite Gilets jaunes. I think Gilets jaunes will help Macron to present himself as the leader of defence in Europe.
1: That's an interesting thought. And if there was one thing that you would say that Germany needed to change, given the criticisms in the Merkel, era of its approach to the Southern European economies and possible consequences. Let's say it's uh, kramp Karenbauer as a likely successor. Uh, they, of course, we can all be wrong these days, and frequently are, right? Uh, but what, what would you change? What does Germany not understand about
0: Italy? Germany and Italy had a lot of uh, polemics in the narrative because a part of Italian politics and a part of German media described the order as enemies is stupid from our side because the people who consider Germany the problem of Italian economy are stupid. Germany is absolutely linked to Italian economy and Italy is absolutely linked to German economy. The Northeast, Veneto, Emilia, Romagna, Lombardia depends on the German economy with a connection based on the car, on the innovation. And this is the reason of the Northeast in Italy in terms of growth, is better than Baden-Württemberg. The problem of GDP in Italy is not the North it's the South. So Germany
1: doesn't need to change anything?
0: (laughs) We have two Itali'es: We have the Italy of North and we have the Italy of South, unfortunately. Germany and Italy are totally connected. But where is the problem? Uh, Frankly speaking, first, Angela was a perfect leader in day by day. She's brilliant in terms of um, problem solving. I fought against her about Greece. Because uh, I came from a very good result in European elections, so I stand up for Alexis Tsipras against the idea to push up Greece from EU. We discussed with her about uh, flexibility, particularly with um, some minister, uh, Angela Merkel, without name, Schäuble. uh, (laughs) But no, it's it's, it's a good friend. It's it's all right,
1: no one's listening.
0: But I'm very diplomatic. Yeah, I have a career in uh, in the foreign policy. Absolutely, it's clear. I think that Germany and Italy have a lot of things to do. The problem today in Europe is not the relation between Germany and Italy, but but in my view, the problem is the relation with the Visegrad countries, mm. because Orbán, Poland, and all the countries continue to say, "Oh, we have, we love the sovereignty." Okay, but they use our money to be fun our sovereignty, so. They want to build a wall with my money? Okay, you build the wall, I stop the money. I propose that. There is a new budget. Or we accept the idea of solidarity in two ways. Solidarity means I will give your money, but you cannot say no migration, not values, not culture, Always stop the money. You're obviously one of the most recognizable
1: uh, politicians in Europe from the Italian stage. The country's political wins not being in your favor. But I must ask you, are you sticking around in politics or what
0: next? In Italy, everyone continues to stay in politics. And uh, everyone, uh, a lot of people told me, but you come back. In Italy, everyone come back sooner or later. But I tried to change that with the referendum, because my idea was an idea very Anglo-Saxon.
1: It's a constitutional referendum.
0: Ten-year constitutional referendum. The referendum I I lost. Okay, I will continue, please. And (laughs) (laughs) and, It's uh, you who keeps
1: talking about
0: it. Yeah, it's it's an injury in my heart. (laughs) Really, jokes apart, I think uh, this tentative was destroyed. And now we continue with the traditional change of government in Italy. I remember my first meeting with Obama, with President Obama, we discussed about Libya. And he told me, oh, there is instability in Libya. I know President Obama, ah, they change a government every year. Then they look at me, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> because uh, Italy changed 65 government in 72 years. My government have an unbelievable longevity, three years. And uh, we are the number four after Berlusconi, Cux and Mussolini. (laughs) A very strong benchmark. Uh,
1: Matteo Renzi, thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much, bye bye.
1: And of course, we'd love to know what you think. What lessons should other European countries take from the turmoil of Brexit? And do you agree with Matteo Renzi? Is Emmanuel Macron the man to lead the European Union to a steadier future? You know where to find us at Economist Radio. And why not subscribe to us at economist.com slash radio offer. I'm Anne McElvoy, and from Dubai, this is The Economist.